Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing, and now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome, welcome everyone to the Blood and Mud podcast. The podcast that at least knows who Paolo Garbisi is, if nothing else. We know that. I know who he is. Will, do you know who he is? Oh, he's. I, I definitely know who he is. But some people doubt that on Twitter. <laughs> Cammy, do you know who Paolo Garbisi is? Type of biscuit, isn't he? Whee! That's the level we're operating at this evening, everybody. <laughs> I'm Lee, as you know, and uh, Josh is still up to his oxters in no sleep and I imagine chicken corma-coloured faeces with his small child. So I think uh, it's at that stage, isn't it? The black, the meconium's gone. Yes. The plug, the plug has been yeah, released. The post-Guinness shit has gone, and now it's pure <laughs> chicken korma, yeah. Um, so we've got two more ringers in, those of you who are watching the live stream will see. From the Scottish Rugby Podcast on the far right, as you look at it, we've got Cammy Black. Hi, Cammy. Hello, everybody. Yeah. You, well, you got a bit of bounce in your voice, which is nice after the weekend, yeah. but I'm sure we'll talk about that a bit more. We'll get there. Week. We'll see how we are at the end of the pod. And from Twitter and Rugby Pass and the 15 and um, Squidge's World Cup retrospective podcast, it's Will Owen. How do you, Will? Yeah, good. Thank you for having me. Well, we've also discovered that you 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 are are you a labourer now? Is that what you'd call it? A grafter on on the oh yeah, what was that? it? A scribe? I think Rugby Onslaught called me this weekend. <laughs> which is pretty medieval, some sort of medieval <laughs> rugby writer. I've been turned into clickbait. I love it. What have they done now? So they made. So I put I put up that tweet over the weekend about Johnny Wilkinson having not heard of Paolo Garbisi. Yes, and they turned that into a whole article. <laughs> Will Owen, brother of Courtney Law's baiting Christmas Day mithering Robbie Owen. The, the great people don't they... know you are you are Robbie's brother, aren't you? That's I am. Yeah, you yeah. Are. You don't need to tell everyone. But well, sure. the thing is, though, um, what I love, Will, though, is that when on Twitter, when people kind of will send you Robbie's stuff, as though you're yes. not heavily involved in that, and say, <laughs> "Yeah, oh, you yeah. should watch this by Squidge." <laughs> 
I mean, was... if only there are any clues to give it away, like your surname and what you yeah, look like. Yeah. You know? there, was, there was an article I wrote for the 15 um, about the Springboks and the narrative. This is drawing the lines of the narrative that, oh, they're really boring. And the, the narrative of the article was basically, who gives a shit if they're boring? They're winning games. Um, but the, the title of the article was, are the box boring? So I had loads of people personally messaging me saying like, I can't believe you're so anti Springboks. I can't believe having not read the article uh, saying all this stuff. And there was one in particular who tagged me saying you should watch squid rugby stuff. Um, uh, he, he was uh, really good at demonstrating why the Springboks are really good. It's like, mate, I helped make that video. <laughs> you should just respond with he's a bell end. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to him. <laughs> yeah. So there you go. That's who we've got our latest lineup this week. Uh, I think, I don't think Josh is back next week. It might be the week after. I'm giving him plenty of time. We're giving him plenty because, Cammy, you'll know what it's like. That first one, yep. that first three months when you just do this, basically with no sleep, is where he's at. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's not good. So we're recording this. Speaking of, well, I suppose things that could make babies, I guess, but we're recording this on Valentine's <laughs> Day, um, which is... Where you know I'm professing my love to the present Mrs. Blood and Mud by doing a podcast with two men I've never met in person, <laughs> and uh, and she's in the other room watching Sarah Beanie's renovate. Don't relocate. So isn't uh, that just good. isn't that just um, filling Kirsty's love or list of it with Sarah Beanie? I don't know which one came first, but uh, yeah, but this is what 23 years of marriage gets you. I'm sat here doing a podcast, and she's in there watching Sarah Beanie. Loves a boot cut jean, Sarah Beanie. Loves it. She just she refuses to accept that the, the late nineties are over. No, absolutely, yeah. But it's a that the renovator don't relocate is the one where they put the plan of your house on the floor and you can walk into it or something. Oh, like a three D thing. No, it's not three D. It's just like projected onto the floor and they go, "Isn't this amazing?" <laughs> well, not really. It's like a rug. It's got lounging <laughs> on it. So you've got like an overhead projector projecting on the floor. Yeah, she makes a big deal about bringing them budget in, for that. I'm bringing them into the studio. It's not as good as uh, which I do love. Um, your home made perfect, which is a fucking virtual reality thing. That's good. Ooh. If you're into that kind of thing. This is all flying straight over my head. I was born in the yeah, late 90s. You're okay. You're, you're not married 23 years trying to avoid Valentine's Day. <laughs> David Quarrel says, Cammy could have, made, could have made an effort. Johnny had a collar on last week. Letting I know he the did. Old, uh, letting the, the Scottish rugby podcast down there. He's from Fife. It's just something that they do. <laughs> See, I'm out of my element now. I was about I'm, this actually, I'm wearing a t-shirt that I've worn every Monday for the last, I think it's just short of eight years. Um, I, I once did it on a whim when I was in college and I was like 17 years old. Um, and I thought it would be funny if uh, it's like, oh yeah, my shirt says meh on it and it's a Monday. That's how I feel on a Monday. And then my friend said, oh yeah, yeah, you should do that every week. Haha. And I was like, yeah, you know what? I'll show you. And Challenge I'm still accepted. doing it. Yeah, we, eight years later. I got in real trouble once at work as an old job though. Um, and a couple of us turned up one day in black shirts on a Friday. Um, we both like Johnny Cash and we laughed and said, Oh, it's Johnny Cash Friday. We'll just keep wearing black shirts on a Friday to, to, to work. And it caught on and, and it, weeks went on. And eventually one mm. day the, everybody turned up in black shirts and we got complaints when all the customers realized that there wasn't a funeral. <laughs> <laughs> So we were asked very kindly to stop wearing black shirts on a Friday. So, so yeah. So you two, you enjoying this hot date? You two, it's lovely. Yeah, Easy to get I mean, booked in here. Nice though, weekend, isn't it? haven't we? Yeah. Easy to get booked in here. 
I remember once I was when I was living in Cardiff, so many years ago, my friend and his missus came down. I wasn't that concerned about Valentine's Day either. And we, we we wanted to go out somewhere to eat, forgetting it was kind of Valentine's Day. Could only get booked into the curry house down Cardiff Bay, which is no more. I forget what it was called now. But we, we went in to eat. They found us a table. And we went in to eat, and the four of us are sat around this table. And you, you're eating, you look up, and you realise every single other table is a couple <laughs> in, like, rows. And I was like, they think we're swingers. <laughs> no, they absolutely think that this is some perverted thing. We're all going to have a nice curry and get nice and full and then get ourselves back home for whatever they think we're going to do. Wasn't the case, though. I want the word to go forth from here. What was that, Will? I was just saying it's an undercover Valentine's mission you got going on there. Absolutely. Yeah. So you talk about five there, Cammy, made me think right. about how I don't know enough about the cultural things of Scotland. And I was thinking about Darcy Graham before. Mm-hmm. Very, very strong man for a small man. Yeah, farmer now, strength, you see. For, is it farmer strength? Because I was going to say, because Liam Williams yeah. is, as we've established on this pod, is council estate strength. Yeah. Where wiry people are inexplicably strong due to lifting up like mopeds that they had meant to give back to the council and things like that. <laughs> Whereas you, well, it's, he's a farmer, is he? Is it? Is well, he wouldn't. We, we, he's, um, his dad's three times Scottish uh, motocross champion. Is he? And famously made the semi-finals of Gladiators. That's all gone completely over my head, and I'm intrigued. You've probably covered this in great depth at some point. Well, we did. Yeah, well, we 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 actually had Darcy Graham's dad on our podcast during the first lockdown, where John and I uh, watched both episodes that Darcy Graham's dad was on, and Darcy Graham's in it as a baby. They cut to his mum and little baby Darcy, and these are on YouTube. You can find them. So we watched both episodes, and then we contacted, got in touch with him. And said, "Would you mind coming on and t- speaking to us about this?" About it, it was just he was just very lovely and very baffled as to why we were interested in speaking to him about gladiators. But yeah, so um, yeah, he's from Hoyk, so everybody up that way is stupidly strong, just from probably wrestling sheep most of the time. That so was Darcy... my introduction to your podcast, Cammy, uh, <laughs> and it couldn't have been a better introduction. Yeah, that's we've been described as heroically niche. Yes. So if um, if Darcy wasn't particularly great at rugby, which of course he is, if he wanted yeah. to go the same route as his dad now, he'd have to go the, what's that ninja one? Um, oh, Ninja Warrior. Ninja Would Warrior. He'd have to go that I mean, route, Darcy wouldn't Darcy would do that, do that in his sleep. He would Ninja absolutely Ninja fly on that fucking thing. Oh, yeah. Wouldn't they? yeah. I think his dad's, his, his dad's a lumberjack, I think, or a for, works in forestry with a chainsaw. His, his uncle's Scott McLeod. What? Ah. Awesome. Yeah. Did you not know this? Every, I mean, I everybody. didn't know this. Yeah, yeah. Scott McLeod is Darcy Graham's uncle. What? Yeah. Wow. Scarlet's legend, Scott McLeod, of course. Yeah, everybody, basically, I mean, everybody in the board is related to everybody else anyway, so it's not that much of a surprise. <laughs> not to be sure, concluded, sure. not to be confused with the Highlander, Conor McLeod. No, Conor McLeod, no. I don't think, although, I don't know, that maybe Darcy Graham is a high, what were they called? They weren't all Highlanders. What were they, the immortal, what were the immortal, they had like a name. I stopped, I stopped listening in Highlander 2 when they said they were all aliens. I was like, no, I'm sorry, I'm not having this now. Highlander <laughs> 2, the quickening, when it turns out they were all from another planet. I, I thought, think, oh, yeah, no, well, come on. With the, you know the bad guy? The, the bad guy in Highlander 1 is now the voice of Mr. Krabs in SpongeBob SquarePants. He certainly is, yeah. Clan, yeah. Clan C. Brown, yeah. That's right. He was also the horrible guard in the um, Shawshank Redemption. Yeah. I will sing wow. you a fucking lullaby, that guy. Yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> we recently had a revelation on our podcast, and anybody who listens will know that uh, the Canadian number eight from the 1987 World Cup is the bear from The Revenant. <laughs> <laughs> so on the commentary they said oh this man has great acting aspirations so naturally you know me and robbie watching this game separately both went straight to his imdb page and found out at the exact same time that he is he went on to become the bear in the revenant so at some point you know he screamed at leonardo dicaprio having previously horribly picked up a ball at number eight 30 years prior what is, how much he was... get paid to be, be a in bear in, a, in like a top Hollywood production. Not as know, much as Leo, I guess, but must, it must be a, a reasonable amount. Yeah, I don't know what the bear's kind of main currency is, but I'd imagine he got paid in that rather than USD. Yeah, I was wondering if there's the like guys a... who play the Predator get paid. Well, it's Van, Van Damme, didn't he? he? He was the original Predator and then gave it up because he didn't like wearing the costume. He thought he could imagine. see his face. So that's... There you go. We started as we always mean to go on, don't we? I suppose. But um, so, other than, I was covering both games this well, all three games this weekend for in my role for the Guardian. But uh, did you guys do anything this weekend apart from consume rugby? Will um, consumed some alcohol on the Friday and nice. was fine. So all good. Um, uh, I did the player ratings for Rugby Pass for Wales. Um, which was much nicer a task than it was last week. So, yeah. Where are you, Cammy? Family uh, time? I, I went ice skating with the kids, Oh, which was... Um, I, I didn't fall over, and that was my mark of success. That's what I went in with. I'm not going to fall over, and I succeeded, so it was good. I mean, I was holding on to... At, at various points, the kids gave up, and we had like a little penguin that you pushed along and a polar bear yes. that they held on to. So, I mean, you know, a lot of the time, I was just pushing them around, holding like on to a, that. Like, so. a, like a child Zimmer. Yeah, essentially. There's all these these kind of like idiots doing pirouettes and stuff while I can very gingerly teeter around <laughs> the side. It's, like, well, you know, um, it's Sunday afternoon. You know, nobody's interested in you pirouetting and rushing around an ice rink. Last time I uh, went ice skating with the kids, which was obviously with obviously with the kids having volunteered ice skating, I could not. You know, the things that didn't hurt when you were little, but do now. Yeah, like you know, after I'd had the ice skating boots on for probably like fifteen minutes, my ankles were fucking killing me. It was like they were like tightening up minute by minute and crushing me bones. I didn't realize how like the arches of my feet were absolutely gone by the end of it. I didn't like spend the entire time just with my feet curled up into a ball inside the ice skates. I could yeah. not unfurl them. <laughs> They're like gripping on to the inside of the boots for sheer life. But yeah, yes. it was, I mean, 50 quid for four of us, so I wouldn't recommend it. Christ on a bike. Yeah. What's the ice well, made of? <laughs> we went round three. <laughs> we only got round three times the speed they were going. <laughs> There's nothing worse, is there? You're staying. We're staying for at least half an hour. No, I'm not having a good time either. Round. I paid 50 quid for this. I thought they'd take you to the set of The Revenant for that price. <laughs> Does that include boot hire? It fucking better have done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was boot hire. Anyway, was four of us. Well, so is, is winter wonder? Is that a winter wonderland thing? Are they still? No, no. We've got an ice rink here because I'm, I'm, I live in Leeds now. We've got an ice rink and an ice hockey team now in Leeds. We've got an ice rink here at D side, D side ice rink in Queens Ferry in Northwell. Not to be confused with the other Queens Ferry by which you think is near yeah. Edinburgh, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just here, Queens Ferry's. Yeah, it's it's ice rink they built another ice rink next to it and turned the old ice rink into a big indoor skate park 
and they then concert, they then turned it into a rainbow hospital for the pandemic, but called it something different because it was Wales. Did just the tape part bit out in it, or were they just kind of using it to balance? <laughs> yeah, they were just sending like it's hospital like beds on down the pipe. pipe, half pipe. <laughs> this is your therapy. This is your therapeutic intervention. Yeah, that'll get your lungs moving, lad. <laughs> <laughs> then it became a, a vaccine center. When it when it will ever be a, a leisure center again, who knows? Well, the one we were at is next to Ellen Road, which has also got a vaccine center next to it. So I mean, that's just to go in Ellen Road normally. To be fair, yeah. you need a you need a vaccine. <laughs> vaccine let's be yeah. honest. So. So, Will, did you think it? Did you know what Gladiators was before you listened to that podcast? I, I knew what the... Gladiators was, but I mean, I, I still—it was still a very educational podcast. As, as I'm sure is always the case for you, Cammy. I'm sure yeah, that's I mean, what you're aiming for. What I was really pleased with it was a Jeremy Guska era um, Gladiators as well. So we had um, we had double rugby reason to, to watch it, which because uh, that would be he wouldn't have been pro at that point. So that was that was essentially Jeremy Guska's day job after being what was he a bricklayer or a bus driver, and then straight into Gladiators. Was he pre-fashion new or post-fashion new? Post-fashion new. Bus driver strength isn't a thing, is it? No. Um, They have a strength of attitude, I think. (laughs) (laughs) Doesn't apply to Guscott, does it? My cousin's a bus driver, our John in Lee in Lancashire. And our John is genuinely one of the funniest and most lovely people in the world. But I bet even he is a miserable swine on the bus. Jeremy Guscott sound and looks like a bus driver. He's got all the manner of a he bus driver. He does, doesn't he? Yeah. <laughs> Every time he gives like a punditry offering, it sounds like you're just giving him 20 quid for like a single <laughs> yeah. to go two miles. Yeah. Sounds like you've just walked on the bus and don't know how to use your pass. Our John tells me he got on the bus, he was driving a bus once and he, at Higher Fold, which is, about five miles outside Lee, a big council estate, Iafoud, as they call it in Lancashire. A woman got on the bus with a pram and said, I must leave this pram here. My daughter's, my mum's meeting it in Lee <laughs> at the bus station. So is that all right? It's, no, no, it's not all right. You know, which seems like a reasonable thing for a bus driver to object to, to be fair <laughs> to him. So yeah, can you just park my kid on here and take him into Lee for me? No, no, I can't. What would Jeremy Guscott have done in that situation, do you reckon? Pulled a face, definitely. And uh, I don't know, probably tried to tap off with a woman when he got there. <laughs> <laughs> the mum? I, I, I don't think he's that bothered, is he? Back at the time. <laughs> no idea. I'll edit this out after. I won't. But it, uh, it <laughs> right. So there you go. So we are the Blood and Mud podcast, as you know. You want to get in touch with me, I am on at Blood and Mud on the Twitter or Lee at bloodandmud.com on the e-mither. What about you, Will? Uh, I am at Will underscore Owen9, I think, on Twitter. Um, not the I think, that's not included. But uh, yeah, that's me. Uh, I think my DMs are open, probably. Not that you have any reason to want to talk to me, because usually the, the most of the people in my message requests are asking if they can pass on messages to my brother. So, <laughs> Oh, dear. <laughs> the um so is is the nine because you're a scrum half? I am. Yeah, yeah, that's that's the reason. That's the reason. So I'm just trying to play off like I'm a decent rugby player and you know, I think I think I took that username when I was about 16 and stuck with it. Normally rugby players have like their aspirational position as their Twitter <laughs> handle. Don't they? Matt Scott was Matt Scott 10 because I think he when he went on Twitter he was like a, an academy player and he was playing 10. It's a really good way of trying to convince your, your coach to play there. And I'm definitely not saying this is somebody who gets <laughs> yeah, right drafted onto the wing all the time. 
Imagine that. When moved to 12, you can't do that. Why not? Because I, I can't change my Twitter handle. <laughs> I'm going to look around. Matt's right got 12s taken. Imagine Steve Diamond's face if you said, <laughs> if you said that to him. Yeah. Oh, speaking of you, you, are you still coaching as well, Will? Did you have that this weekend? I also did Long did Eaton that have a game this weekend? Yes, yes. Long Eaton did have a game this weekend. We um, we played South Leicester away, which, you know, was was pretty much as cold as uh, your weekend, Cammy. Um, so we lost, but narrowly. Decent performance from the boys. I'm giving a real professional interview here. <laughs> when I played Rugby Union in Wales, when I was still playing, they didn't mm. play league fixtures on Six Nations weekends. You always ended up playing tour. We played like against like, Italian touring teams and stuff like that. Is that is that the same in Scotland, Cammy? It's a massive bone of contention in Scotland, actually, because the the clubs want to play, but they want to have the kickoff time say twelve o'clock, so oh. everyone goes to the clubhouse afterwards. But they, well, I don't know what it, I I hear that it's an SRU thing that'll say you know you're playing at three o'clock. Like, what? Well, nobody's going to turn up and watch that, or everyone's going to be standing in the clubhouse. That I'm sounds like when I had an argument with my priest about moving the time of Sunday Mass in the morning. So can you make it a bit later? And he said, no, I can't. Bishop says I can't move it from nine o'clock. SRU taking the same line as the Catholic it, Church. Yeah. On timings, time. on nothing else. <laughs> well, I was going to say, it wouldn't be the first time, Lee. I've, I've <laughs> hey. always had it where, like, when I've been asked to play on a Saturday on Six Nations Weeks or International Weeks generally, I've always had to make up a reason why I'm unavailable. Whereas now I can call it work. So that's pretty good. Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah, I've yeah, got yeah. that as an out rather than having to make up excuses. So, Will underscore Owen 9, if you want to get in touch yes. with Will. Um, yes. Isn't, going back to our conversation before the podcast started, isn't Long Eaton where Brian Clough lived? It might be. Uh, Brian Clough Way is the name of the like the bit near the motorway uh, that leads <laughs> to Long Eaton. So, Sounds uh, about right. That'll that's, do. that's probably correct. So we we'll probably have some kind of football royalty. Yeah. Can we add a people get in touch with you? Uh, I am at Scott Rugby Pod on Twitter. I, I've got the keys to the other, which is at Scott Rugby Blog, which is the blog that the podcast is part of. Uh, but I only use it to, I'm only allowed to use it to post kind of wholesome, good content. So the podcast accounts the, where I do all the kind of trolling of other fans. I have to behave on the other one because it's not mine. <laughs> so you're the Scottish Rugby Podcast, not to be confused with the Scotland Rugby Podcast. Rugby podcast. Is... Ah, but this, this is the genius thing, you see. Because there is, it's they're called the official Scottish Rugby Podcast, and they came out after us. And we were originally a Scottish Rugby Blog podcast, but I dropped the blog because I suddenly realised that there was no, I could get the top of Google search results. So now all the way around Murrayfield, they have these banners that go around during match day, and it's on the telling everything saying, "Listen to the Scottish Rugby Podcast," and they don't even have the official there. So all people do is they go. We get a massive spike in listeners every time Scotland are on the telly, base because people Google it and we're like the second result. Brilliant. They That's probably great. get five five minutes into it and they probably go, "This doesn't sound right." It just really makes it, if Wales could have an official podcast called the Squid Rugby World Cup Retrospective, we'll be there in business. Go. They'd be away. Yeah, I've always me and Josh have often lamented at how on search friendly everything to do with our rugby podcast is basically so uh, even the titles everything it's just a disaster so yeah we've just given up word of mouth that's where the real you know that's where the real viral sensation comes from but i mean we're even more niche than you yeah but you're doing like instagram stories with like memes and everything can we yeah i'm only just trying to get only in the hope that someone will nick one and i'll get 40 quid again (laughs) i am 
I'm only jealous. I'm terrible at memes. I'm 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 not an uncreative person, but my meme game is not good. I'm too old, I think. I think anybody yeah. well, we're similar ages, aren't we, Cam? You're a bit younger. Well, Maybe 40, I've just done forty. Oh well so. yeah, I'm forty six, so obviously forty five's the division line for shit meme. <laughs> That's it. Although if I I had someone had to explain how something on Teams work the other day, so I don't know if she's them getting older. A young person at work was describing channels to me. I was telling me off for calling chat channels and channels chat. I don't I don't even care which way around it is. I just felt oh, talked down to and patronised. It was fucking horrible. This century <laughs> fucking sucks, doesn't it? But, you know, we're doing our best with it. Will, you probably think it's all right. You understand all of this stuff. Uh, y- yeah, definitely. <laughs> you fucking avocado on toast in your Netflix. Yeah. Nobody Why have you bought a house they're all these Why bloody teenagers, all these teenagers at the skating. To buy we had all these teenagers at the skating, kissing at the side and canoodling. I'm thinking, if you didn't come skating, just think you could start saving for a deposit for an house. Yeah. Get out of my way. at 50 quid. Christ. Yeah. So, we are on the sports social network, as people will know right now. Uh, not that that makes a difference. You just put us into Google or whatever, or you're already listening anyway. So, there you go. We're also on Apple Podcasts and everything else. We're also on... Patreon.com slash blood and mud, um, where we you can do two quid a month or 20 quid for the year and get yourself uh, some extra content, unabridged versions of the podcast each week, rugby history podcasts, all that kind of stuff. Um, and then you can, uh, or you can pay five pound a month or 50 quid for the year and get in a VIP lounge and get me or Josh, if he's here, having a go at doing a uh, biography for you. We've had one this week. Somebody's taken pity on us. Long-time listener, to be fair, Joe Taring. Hello, Joe. Thank you very much for this. Has got in touch and joined the VIP. So I've got Joe as a wiry winger. Joe plays for City of London Club, Old Embezzlers RFC, where he is nicknamed Lenin because once on a club night out, he in passing mentioned that nationalising the railways was worth further consideration, perhaps. (laughs) So forever known as Lenin. Uh, right at his club there is Joe. Thank you very much, Joe. Anybody else, if you want to get involved in that, well, one, if you want that, you can go on to patreon.com slash blood and mud, chuck some money at us, and you'll either get a bio like that, or you won't. Either way, you'll get lots of additional content. It's all very good stuff. Cammy's pod has got a Patreon. Yep. Squid's rugby's got a Patreon, which Will is part of. It's the way of the world, you know what I mean? If you like, If you like stuff, then, you know, pay a small amount towards keeping it going. That's what I say. I'm a patron of, K- of Cammy's podcast. Cammy is a patron of this podcast, therefore negating the whole point of, of doing it. But we could have just kept our money. But yeah. So there you go. So the patreon.com slash blood and mud. Shall we begin as we always begin with a player spotted? Go on then. Scotland fan. And I'm only saying that because that's how we sign the email. Scotland fan, Matthew Sumption. Patreon. He's a patron. Good lad, Matthew. E messages in. Last week, I returned from a quick trip to Kiev in the Ukraine. The Ooh, spur dangerous. of the moment. I was going to say, Christ. Yeah. This spur narrows the things moment... down. Yeah. A spur of the moment decision, he says, to see it as a free and democratic country with a uni friend. It's <laughs> a hell of a spur of the moment, that isn't it? You know, <laughs> I sometimes go... get a McDonald's breakfast on a spur of a moment. I don't, I don't go to Kiev. <laughs> go to a potential war zone just, just for a laugh. <laughs> <laughs> and, what, and, and you know seeing it as a free and democratic country what does that involve do you like get off the plane and stand there and kind of look <laughs> how free and democratic go, walk, it is. Out, walk up walk to the nearest civic hall and ask to register to vote 
<laughs> yes. <laughs> Wasn't his civic corner saying, may I speak in Ukrainian? No, you may not. Oh, shit, we're too late. But uh, <laughs> so, How uh, was your holiday? It was really free and democratic. <laughs> That reminds me when I was in a, I was in Turkey and I went to walk from the hotel to the nearest town, which was Sea Day, and I hadn't really clocked the map. Just started walking because I was so bored of this all-inclusive hotel we got on the spur of the moment. Um, long story short, I went, oh, it must be there where that minaret is. No, oh, it must be there where that next minaret is. No, long story short, I walked eight miles in flip flops, <laughs> and, I'm, and I'm convinced if I'd gone another mile, I'd have, I'd have wandered into ISIS. I was basically straight into the. <laughs> Syrian border, I think, if I kept going. But anyway, he says here, I spotted the entire Australian Rugby Sevens team in Costa at Stansted Airport, featuring such Australian names as Nick Maloof, Henry <laughs> Hutchinson, and my favourite of all, Derby Lancaster. They I'm appear not to be Derby ha- Lancaster. That's, I mean, the English county's 15. It's just got stronger. Hasn't it just, yeah. <laughs> They appear to be having a lovely time off, a lovely time off the back of winning silver in Spain that weekend. Not many flat whites by the looks of things, says Matthew. Mainly lattes, cappuccinos, and Americanos, just solely going off the size of the cups. I mean, it depends how close you got because if they've got massive hands, it's all proportionate, isn't it? That is very, very true. That's a whole fun size Mars bars make normal size Mars bars for short people thing, isn't yeah. it? Um, well, yeah, so, I mean, you think about Sevens, don't spot them in a Costa. You think about Sevens and you think it feels kind of glamorous, doesn't it, travelling the world in all these big cities? But a lot of it must be that, mustn't it? Yeah. Cost, Have you read you – know. you've read Ben Dryan's book, have you? No. No, it's good. It's worth reading about going around with – I mean, uh, most of the time he seems to have just spent – rather than coaching Fiji, I think his whole job was basically to stop them getting pissed on tour. That, that's essentially, there's not really much about tactics. We got to this country and all of a sudden all these random Fijians turned up at the hotel trying to get pissed with the lads. So I spent a lot of time just trying not to get them pissed so they would just turn up and do what Fiji do on the pitch. I didn't have to coach them much, just stop them getting drunk. Gold medal, everyone. Yeah, that's it. That's what you have to do. When a goal for Fiji at the Olympics, stop them getting pissed. I love that they're so talented. You just have to keep them sober. That's yeah, all you se- need to do. Essentially, like a tour manager for a 1970s prog band. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, but yeah, it must be a lot of that, mustn't it? Fucking Premier Inns or Novotels, and yeah, I mean, the SRU you are putting cups. the sevens up in a nice hotel. Oh, I don't know. Mind you, I was supposed to go to Seville to see the Sevens, and the hotel we stayed in when we went to Seville about 15 years ago was completely booked up in January. I thought, I know where the teams are staying then. I had to go and book somewhere else. Didn't go in the end. But, yeah. So, yeah, so thank you very much, Matthew. The entire Australian Rugby Sevens team at Costa, only the men's team, I notice. The women fly separately. Get to Do they get to put in a lounge, maybe? I don't know. Hard to know. They're Hard on the to tour, know. aren't they, the Australia? Because the, 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 they don't mirror each other, do they? The men's and the women's tours, it's different teams because I assume Australia have got a women's team in the sevens. They do, yeah. Yeah. They do. Hard to know. Even I mean, harder Australia, to care. Australians are randy, a randy bunch, so I imagine they've just keep them apart for logistical purposes. <laughs> keep them away from New Zealand in airports at all. Yeah. Disabled yeah. lose. 
Yes, so, that, so there you go. Thank you very much, Matthew. If anybody else wants to send in a player spotted, spare mo- no mundane detail. Nothing is more mundane than Costa at Stansted Airport, really, is it? Stansted is a particularly grim airport, in my experience. Especially when you're talking about Derby Lancaster. Yeah. We sound, he sounds like a kind of... He sounds like, sounds like a... What's this, a Flight of the Concords character? <laughs> yeah. It, which 70s prog band was he in? <laughs> he sounds like an old sort of empire colonel in the army who had to be confined to like <laughs> mustique or something because he wouldn't stop being racist or something in the in the in the in the sixties or something. So yeah, so there you go. Uh, that's a player spotted. If you got one that you want to send in, you can send it to me. My DMs are open to confirm. Will wasn't sure. Mine definitely are. So you can get in touch there or Lee at bloodandmud.com or you can do the Patreon messaging service as Matthew did if you're one of those people. Shall we do some news? Sure. Not, but you're all nodding. It's it's mostly a, it's it's more of a, <laughs> it's an audio, an audio format. Uh, format. But they, uh, yeah. So they were all nodding, everyone. So in terms of news, the big one I've got, I suppose, is that Mark Wilson has retired at the age of thirty-two. England and Newcastle, you know, man of granite, Mark Wilson has <laughs> has retired. The North's Which, greatest alumni. He is, isn't he? Just. Signed for Newcastle at 14 from Kendall. Really? And from Newcastle's Kendall. miles away from everywhere, isn't it? You can't even yeah. say, well, at least they're both up north. Like, Kendall to Newcastle's a good couple of hours, isn't it? Well, I think sure. Dean Richards had said, isn't he? He, he considers basically the entire north, anything above sale up to and including the borders is fair game in terms of their scouting network. Well, it would be, wouldn't it? Because who else is there? Yeah. My favourite Mark Wilson moment was um, at the end of Wales against England, uh, 2021, uh, when Gareth Davies picks up the ball, runs backwards five metres before kicking it out for the final whistle and waits for Mark Wilson to come up to smash him. And you can then hear Mark Wilson saying, all right, don't be a cunt your whole life uh, on the ref (laughs) mic as Gareth Davies is kicking the ball out. Brilliant. But I mean, you know, people talk about the, the... You know, the, the physical toll that rugby can take on a person. Rugby has broken Mark fucking Wilson. <laughs> Jesus. At the age of 32. You're not telling me there doesn't need to be serious root and branch consideration of what we're doing to people if you've literally broken a man who's made of titanium <laughs> and hate. <laughs> Both hard and northern in equal measure is Mark Wilson. Yeah. How do we, so you're from Berwick, Cammy? Yes. Aren't you? What, what's Berwick's? A, I wouldn't say a strange place, but it's a border. It is place, a strange place. It? So it's yeah. got that river and, you know, bits of it are in England, but the people who are from the English bits still think they're Scottish and stuff. I was a lad from college, in college, Tim, who was from Berwick, who spoke with a Scottish accent, but was from the English bit of Berwick, but obviously wasn't English. He probably would sound Scottish to you. But this is the thing. When <laughs> yes, I to, that's true. So I'm something from Partick, but yeah. Yeah. So I played for Berwick when I was younger, and they play the rugby. They play in both leagues. So the the, the first team play in the Scottish. They're in National Three for Scotland at the minute, um, and the seconds play in Northumberland. And essentially, when you play youth rugby, you play we well, play in the Northumberland Cup. We play in the borders as well. So every fucking game is like a Calcutta Cup for the opposition. <laughs> Like literally, you turn up at a team in Edinburgh, like, oh, the English lads are here, and you're like, oh, fuck's sake! And you go down to play Gosforth in Newcastle, like, we're playing the Scots because it'd be like the <laughs> one time they would get to play a Scottish or an English team. But yeah, I mean, most people from Berwick say they're from Berwick, 
because you know, it's split down the middle. People will support England and people support Scotland at equal measure. But what's Benning's view of Newcastle then? That's the other question I was asking. Because well, there's a short, well, there's the, I mean, the Falcons have been really, actually fair. The Falcons have been really good to Berwick Rugby Club. They've got, I would say, the Falcons have stronger ties to Berwick Rugby Club than Edinburgh do. Which, given that I mean, Berwickson, it's unique, and I think it's only the only club I believe in the world that is a member of two unions simultaneously. So they're a member of the RFU and the SRU. And I don't think there's any other club. There may be some Welsh ones, maybe on the borders, but... No, you've got to make a choice. If if you're in Wales, you've got to make a choice. Yeah, that's it. So, so they, I mean, they, they have their cake and eat it because they get funding from both, depending on, you know, and it kind of works out. But we're still at war with Russia, so we've got that to contend with as well. <laughs> you know, the North East Wales clubs used to play a lot of friendlies against... English clubs because obviously if you're from Mould or Wrexham yeah. or Flint then playing against Birkenhead or clubs in the Wirral or even Liverpool clubs and even Preston really is much easier to get to than Bilth Wells and Dol Getly and places like that but I think WIU put a stop to it after a while and said no you have to stop doing that. Yeah I spoke to one of the old boys at the club who was there when it was set up I think post-war well, 50s I think it was set up they've always had a club that got re-set up in the 50s and he said they had a vote on it basically they could have joined you know, played in England or Scotland and they took a vote and I think everybody decided it was a shorter trip to Scotland than it was to go and play some teams in England. Not spent a great deal of time in Berwick, but I did, got when I got went I went to Edinburgh and watched them, I got the train to London straight from Edinburgh because my wife's down there and went through Berwick as the kind of sun was going down sort of thing and it was it was very, very lovely. Oh, from, it's beautiful. From my train window, yes. Oh, it's beautiful. The only problem is that during lockdown, every fuck has found it now, so... Well, we used to go up to my mum and dad's and you'd get, you know, I knew all the beaches to get with the kids and stuff. There'd be no fucker there. Went up last summer and it was just swarming with people from the south. Ruined it. From the south? What, like Newcastle? Oh, yeah. Anyway, like... Sunderland. Sailor <laughs> <laughs> Sharks fans. Don't even start yeah. me on Middlesbrough. Yeah. With the great, yeah. It's, I mean, it's essentially you get the, you used to get, because you like the, do you have the trades holidays in Wales? You probably get them in Lancashire, eh? You know, where the entire town takes the same two weeks off every have, year. Yeah, they used to have, yeah, wakes weeks, yeah, as they call yeah. them. Yeah, so we so get, so you, you get the Newcastle week in uh, Berwick and then you get the Glasgow week a couple of weeks later and you get, like, families kind of rolling off the train with their possessions in bin bags to go and stay at the local caravan park and then... They have you know, that in Blackpool. It's just all the time and yeah. everyone's pissed, basically. I love Blackpool. You go to Blackpool, it's always 1am in Blackpool. Whenever, you, whenever time of day you arrive in Blackpool, it feels like it's 1am. I had one of my nicest shit, Valentine's Day with my wife in Blackpool. We got a £14 travel lodge back in the day when you could get them. <laughs> Took it to a curry house. Got a red rose from the waiter. Beautiful. Lovely time. I went to Blackpool out of season for a work thing at Blackpool Council, and they put me up in the Premier Inn next to the airport round the back of the disused Pleasure Beach. <laughs> and there was like horizontal rain. Jeez. It was it was it was the most beautifully northern miserable vignette you could ever sub, sub, subjugate subject yourself to, and I, I kind of went with it. I was like, I can't even be. Asked. I just and obviously because it was a Premier Inn, it was next to a Brewers Fair. That's it. Yep. So I just kind of went. You know what? I'm just going to go with this, and I went and ate in the Brewers Fair each night. Very decent curry night on a Thursday. Must be said, better than the Weatherspoons curry nights, which is a Tuesday, I believe. I know all this stuff. <laughs> but yeah, Blackpool in January around the back of the Pleasure Beach. I don't recommend it. 
There's plenty Noted. of people that probably do, though, Lee. No, and the weird thing is, bits of Blackpool are still open all year round. There is that kind yeah. of, like, you know, it's like Malaga, but not, but with more comorbidities. So, <laughs> so yeah, sorry. Will, have you got any news? Um, one piece of news, big news. Tavis Noyle has left the Dragons, but they've not said where to. They've not said he's retiring, so it can only mean MLR are snapping up Tavis Noyle, surely. Or he's going the full, the full complete set of Wales, and he's going to go and sign for RGC. <laughs> That's also the shadow possible. region. The shadow region. <laughs> my, my thinking was that this is what Worcester did with Chris Pennell, who'd obviously been there for like 14, 15 years. Proper one-club man. And they said he's leaving, but we can't say where to. Then he signs for an MLR team. Or either that or like Tel Aviv Heat are snapping up Tavis Noyle, which seems seems equally fitting. That's all we do. Oh, MLR, where would he go? One of the Not one of the sexy ones. I, They're all sexy, aren't they? Yeah, true. I, I would to, say hard, maybe... Yeah. Maybe Atlanta, Austin Gilgronies, team like that. Not the mighty San Diego Legion. We're, we're sorted at scrum off. People like I, Tavis Noyle must turn up in the MLR and feel like a fucking king, mustn't they? <laughs> honestly, I never thought I'd see the day. Like, if you told me two years ago that Adam Ash and Kevin fucking Bryce would be on the pitch with Fat Man Scoop, like <laughs> rapping and DJing, <laughs> I, I honestly would have thought you were having a stroke. But there well, is Adam Ash on the I decks. Love MLR Kevin Brakes because... rapping. <laughs> MLR's great because like Marnonu plays in that league, and like Dougie Fife is just like unplayable uh, in there. I think he was the top try scorer last year. I love that league. It's like when you, someone's gold of a John Oluwu and just put Dougie Fife up to twenty. Yeah. <laughs> All his stats. Absolutely magnificent stuff. Imagine when Dave Cherry goes to MLR. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Too much. one of my favourite things, predicting current players who will one day go to MLR. Dave Cherry feels like a really good shout. Yeah. Because yeah. you could just live your best life out there for somebody like Dave Cherry, not to damn him with fake praise, but you got like Tavis Noyle, you go out there and people go, oh, he's fucking great, isn't he? Well, no, but you can just got treated and treated like a superstar, man. Like Adam Ash, no, you know like, those people in non-league football who've had trials and ever like treats them <laughs> like a mystical being. You know, you had trials once. Watch this. He, so like, former over the ball or something. I was watching. Um, it was Nola Gold against the New England Free Jacks two weeks ago, and yes, they're both real team names. Because um, of course, uh, Robbie is a big New England Free Jacks fan, so we watched their game together. And um, former Dragons fullback Carl Meyer, uh, who was not very good for the Dragons, I will add, apparently that the Nola Gold coach uh, said, we want, to, we want you to come to our team. We promise that you're going to become a superstar. You're going to be uh, like on all of the billboards and everything. You're going to be treated like royalty and you're going to marry a nice Southern woman. And all of that <laughs> had come true. <laughs> so imagine the coach saying that to somebody over here. Imagine, you know, bloody Steve Diamond trying to recommend AJ McGinty to come to sale a few years ago. By saying, marry an ass, you, might, might, <laughs> you might marry an ass northern lass. I'll take you as far as Withenshaw to find you a woman, don't worry. <laughs> you can have all the Greg's pasties you, you can eat, lad. <laughs> I can get you more than one kind of Manchester tart. You know what I'm saying, don't you? Yeah, so You'll uh, have one poster inside Trafford Centre. <laughs> <laughs> Anna S says that Matt Gitto, 98 years old, has just re-signed for the Guiltinis. It's the best league, she says. It is the best league. It is league. outstanding fun, yeah. Yeah. 
He's perfect for uh, Adam Ash as well because he's, he's into conspiracy theories. He's in, uh, you know, he's got his cannabinoid company that he's running. He's like, must be he can his run his contract down, move to Montana, buy an M16, and divorce himself from society. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm surprised he hasn't been on Rogan's podcast yet. To be honest, the moment Rogan <laughs> finds out rugby, he's straight on. Yes. Okay, so to keep your eyes peeled to where Tavis Noyle ends up. Is all we're saying. Yes. How old is Noyle now? I bet he's only about oh, 29 he... or something, isn't he? <laughs> yeah, he probably is. He probably uh, just declined at a really, a really early rate. Let's have a look. Tavis Noyle. Uh, that's his That's his name. He'll fit right in at MLR. It's his <laughs> real name. Uh, he is 32. Because I, I think about the Americans, they're probably treating it a bit like college recruitment, aren't they, where they lay it on super thick. They're treating the likes of Tavis Noyle like the number one running back pick out of a Texas high school or something, aren't they? So imagine when you've somebody like Tavis Noel or Adam Ash or anybody else, where you've basically been like probably begging for a contract for the best part of five years, haven't you? In one way or another. And then all of a sudden, this point you're making, well, suddenly rolls out a welcome mat and says, you're going to marry a nice other woman and we'll get you a lovely house and we'll do this. It's like, Jesus, dude, I don't understand. You I mean, I don't have to ask you for like an extra tenner or something. Look, oh, no. If, if the, coaches, the coaches are promising women, I can see exactly why Ben Foden went over there. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. Is he still I, playing? Yes, he's playing yeah. for Rugby United New York. Rooney. I keep forgetting yeah. that we that the SIU own a fran- one of the franchises out there as well. Do they? All glory. It's part of oh, okay. the SIU. Fancy that? Don't know why. It's produced yeah. zero, zero return yeah. on that. Yeah, maybe, maybe it's that's where we'll see. Yet. Yes. Yeah, maybe we'll see Murray McCallum playing there in seven years' time. Who knows? <laughs> okay, that brings us to the end of the news. Thank you, everybody. We're now going to talk about the weekend, which is when we say goodbye to our non-patron listeners. Goodbye. So, is that it from the weekend? I think, I think so, more. yeah. We've got a bit of a break so, yeah. now. The premiership, well, the premiership hasn't stopped, but it's kind of back. We've got more focus on domestic matters next week. So that's what's happening there. That's the end of the weekend. And we welcome back our non-patron people. Hello. You've missed some lovely chat in there. Um, okay, so we finish with shit good, as we always do. Um, we start with shit. I will come to you, Will. Um. I mean, the the first one, the most obvious one, is the Marcus Smith hype train. Um, <laughs> just how ridiculous it is. Like Tom Curry doing the post-match interview for England as the captain. And the first question Dowie Morris asks him is, so let's talk about Marcus Smith. How good is he? And he's just like, what about the win we just did? Like, we just played a game of rugby. Do we, do we want to talk about that? And when Tom Curry then said, oh, yeah, yeah, you know, he had a very good game. Dowie Morris made an involuntary noise. He went like, oh, yeah, like that. <laughs> when Tom <laughs> Which is just the most cringeworthy thing ever. And yeah, the hype train for Mark Smith is unhealthy. Yes, I couldn't. And again, detrimental to him. Really. Yeah. yeah. Do you remember, Lee, you'll probably remember, that. we won't remember this, but do you remember when uh, Ryan Giggs first started playing for Man United? I do, And yeah. Ferguson wouldn't let him have it, be interviewed on his own. So they used to have basically like Gary Neville or Roy Keane stood next to Ryan Giggs in an interview and you'd have these journalists saying, uh, oh, so Ryan, you played really well t- today. You basically have Roy Keane whispering his ear, his ear going, you were shite. <laughs> <laughs> Just to bring him down a peg or two or they'd, they'd bat the question away. There was um, 
there's a documentary about Brian Robson that's just been released. And he was talking about Ryan Giggs when he first came through after his after his first season, he'd had like 25 appearances and scored some goals. <laughs> and, he, and, and if Robbo had been like, Robson had been like a, he's a bit of a mentor to these young players back then. He's come to the end of his career. And Giggs said to him, I'm doing quite well, you know, and I, I've had a few 25 games. I think I think I might ask the boss for a, for a car. And Robson <laughs> went, yeah, that's absolutely the right thing to do, Ryan. Yeah, I'll support you on that. Yeah, you just, just go in now and ask him for a car. And Robson's like, and sorry, Giggs is like 17 and a half. <laughs> Knocks on the door. Robson says, everybody come here. And they all crowd around the door. And he says, I'm, I'm thinking, boss, uh, yeah, uh, 25 games, I think you should have a car. <laughs> Ferguson, what? I'm on a car. Fucking bollocks him. And fucking tells him what for, fucks him up out of the office. As he walks out, everyone pisses themselves laughing. <laughs> Maybe that's what Marcus Smith needs. Yeah. Good, good Although apparently Eddie Jones is never short of doing that, is he? So, <laughs> so mm, it's true. hard to know. Very true. Any shit from you, Cammy? Um, couple. Um, the HIE stuff. And there was two incidents. There was the England under-20s, but then also there was the England as well. And I don't know. Like the, the under-20s one was shady as fuck, where mm. the you know the the doctors are on... A hectoring doctor. Yeah. Doctor saying, yeah. But it's happened a lot now, isn't it? Because, you know, the, where the box kind of doctor marshaling their defence in the in, on the pitch as well. She, she moved from the Ingle area to the pitch. And then you had that weird thing at the end. Hey, your physio's a ball retrievers now. You can't fucking That's give all them right. shit. I think no there's more. a line. <laughs> <laughs> ball retrievers, is, ball yeah. boys, fine. You're not interfering with it. They will start, you know, James Robson squaring off to Richard Cockrell for a square goal was fine. Oh, yes. It doesn't get better than that, does it? But the, I mean, even the, um, the Italy game where. The dogs have made an on-field decision that he's fine. We're just waiting for the for them to watch a video. As and is that the no one? Com- is that the what? Was that the no yeah. one? The no yeah. one. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Is it my on-field decision? Is he's fine? They're just checking the video. But what are they checking the video for? Like if, they, if he's had a head knock, he should go off and get checked. That's the law. I've and the commentary, the video, his brain hasn't come out of his ears. So I think yeah, he's fine. Yes. The comment on commentary, they're going, "Oh well, the referee's rushed him there." It's like the referee's got a game to get on with. What the referee should have done is fuck off and go and check. He's all right. He can bring on HIA replacement because two minutes later he was hooked for an HIA. I mean, so it says something when Ellis Genge is the most responsible person on the field when it comes to player injuries, isn't it? <laughs> That's when you know there's a strange thing going on. But it's, I don't know, I just, I'm uncomfortable with how much medics are being pulled into the kind of gamesmanship and, you know, they've got a Hippocratic oath that they, but, you know, everybody's got their professional boundaries, haven't they? And some seem a bit greyer than others. And I wonder whether. A time will come where if there's too much of that, teams are just going to have medics imposed upon them. So you can't have your own guys anymore. You've pissed about too much. But there's a We're match medic you... now, isn't it? It can overrule team medics. That's kind of... Yeah. But even then, you know, there was a match medic. That was what the argument was at the weekend. Oh. They were saying that it was the match medic that was waiting to check it, check on no. But again, I don't know who's checking. Yeah. It's, yeah. But it's, again, stuff you hope you've got past, I suppose, more than anything. Whoever's responsible for what bits of it, you don't expect yeah. them to still be having these conversations, do you, really? It's just, you know, to use the quote for that, you know, terribly tragic um, lad who died. It's parents, if in doubt, sit them out, you know? Yeah. Any more shit from you, Will? Um, we've covered Federico Mori playing on the wing. 
the other <laughs> one is uh, Jiffy still being a pundit in 2022. Oh, fuck's what sake. I find weird is they've had this like sort of like night of the long knives, haven't they? <laughs> to get rid of all these uh, the BBC to get rid of loads of people, and Jiffy's still sat there in a ridiculous like super grand coat. Uh, he was saying like stuff. There's one point where he said like, "Oh yeah, a good tactic for Wales would be to uh, to stand as wide as possible to maybe open up bigger gaps." Like it's like no, every single team, even down to like amateur level. Teams have used the full width of the field for the last 10 years, Jiffy. Like, it's it's honestly baffling. that I think that Jiffy, there is like an insecure part of Jiffy that really hates the fact that the game is better now than it was when he played. But it's it's baffling, man. I There There's was also <laughs> the fact that when he played all his best rugby, he was playing a different sport. Yes! <laughs> it was the, 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 there was a pre-match stuff and John Barkley was really kind of I get you know I like John Barkley I think he's really he's good great pundit yeah it's ex- kind of explaining things really si- complex things really simply and then they it, they were talking about the Welsh defense against Ireland and then th- they threw to Jiffy to follow up with John Barkley and Jiffy just basically kept saying on the back foot a lot like his entire thing he just well, they were on the back foot, and you can't be on the back foot, you know, because when you're on the back foot, you're on the back foot, aren't you? <laughs> and you're not going to win a game of rugby no. being on the back foot, are you? Went, that answer went on for three minutes of him just being on the back foot repeatedly. And that was punditry. Thank you for coming to my back foot TED Talk. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 remarkable. I mean, there's there's lots of shits later on in here that will come through around punditry generally but no, it was pretty bad. I'll, I will just go to this uh, Simon Clark says I can't work out if it's shit or good but Andy Farrell's perpetual glit- grin I think he, that, that's how he thinks humans interact with each other on the television it's just when he sets his face to we can't he can't he's say, winging he's, smiling Andy yeah. Farrell well, I've I mean had, Simon, I've had... Simon says I mean it's given that it's terrifying I'm just trying to work out if it's good or bad sort of thing I've had media training for my job, and it's one of the things you're told to do. So one of Andy Farrell's just taking it right. literally at the smile. The only thing I remember was he told me how to keep smiling. <laughs> um, uh, Dennis Souter says, shit is the England medical teams. Bunch of pricks, he says here. Yeah. <laughs> Gordon White says, um, this is quite the roller coaster, this one, right? Gordon White says, shit, having COVID for your youngest, fir- youngest kid's first birthday but good was not having to host the in-laws on her birthday. So, and also good is that I'm on track to be released for my birthday on Thursday. Well, there you go. Well, absolutely. Went, absolutely. Went all the way. Dan also, Brooke says, shit was the guy who took a piss on the steps in the stadium at the end of Wales versus Scotland. It wasn't that's me, just, by the way, he says. That's just the principality, isn't it? I mean, you know... I'm not forgetting that. I must have told the story. It, it wasn't Liam Williams. <laughs> I must have told the story before. I went to uh, I went to the Challenge Cup final in 1985, Wigan versus Hull, and I bought a Wembley flag. <clears throat> Ended up, I don't know why I went to watch Wigan. I think my auntie had some tickets to the company she worked for. So I'm stood there with my auntie Kath, and I've and I've rolled me. I've put my flag, rolled my flag down, and put it on the floor. A bloke next to me in the old Wembley terracing takes his fucking old fella out, pisses. Like they just used to do wherever they were stood. I pick up, I pick up my flag and it's dripping in piss, <laughs> literally. And the fella goes in his broadest working accent, "Oh, is your flag all wet, cock?" 
<laughs> my auntie goes, of course it's wet, you filthy bastard. You just pissed all over it. <laughs> so, yeah, rugby league, everyone. Different, different sport. <laughs> yeah, so pissed on a flag in, in uh, Wembley. Um, what else we got here? Sean Hughes says that shit is Lord fucking bald. So that's Clive Woodward, obviously. Linked to that, George Gothals said, is shit is the state of rugby punditry at the moment. Bloated, mm. overpaid has-beens and not even only Garbisi is. Yeah. I mean, that the ITV lineup and performance on Sunday, is it probably the worst punditry performance we've ever seen? Honestly, I felt for Maggie Alfonsi so bad. Yeah, apart from because Maggie, yeah. That was, that was the thing, because they, they had this segment where it's, we're, we're going to talk about Italy now. You know, we're taking, we're taking on board that we always talk about England. Let's go in-depth about Italy. And they went, right, Maggie, can you tell us about Michele Lamoureux, who was also brilliant on Sunday in the match mm. and has been great for Italy for so long. You know, new captain, great back row forward, uh, inspirational leader. And Maggie talked through all of that and said, you know, he, he's great. And then they said, yeah, right. Yeah, he's captain right through the age groups and he's a very mm. you know, strong yes. player. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, And then they throw... He showed that video of him and... screaming in Italian and his voice got yes. higher and higher pitched. Oh, I love that. I love that there. video. Yeah. <laughs> they, they, they then throw to Johnny Wilkinson and say, right, let's talk about this young upcoming fly half, really talented, loads of potential, this guy. And I was thinking like, like my ears pricked up at that point. And I thought I'd love to hear Johnny Wilkinson's yeah, take indeed, on, yeah. on Paolo Barbisi, you know, as an upcoming 10, he could get praise from one of the all timers here. And Johnny Wilkinson goes, yes, well, uh, there's a lot of good Italians have played, you know, I've played against Italians. I've played with Italians. Um, yeah. <laughs> I uh, was on the back foot. Some of the time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it's like, so, You've been asked to rank this young upcoming fly half, and instead you've just generalised a whole race. Great, Johnny. <laughs> Great punditry. It's um, which is weird as well. I can't work out because obviously Wilkinson is famously, famously almost. I'm you know it, I, I'm going to say it as a joke, but it's not really. He famously, kind of broke his own brain with his de- obsessions over detail. Yeah, almost. And now we get to the point now he doesn't even know a guy's and I can't work out that since he's retired, he's just gone, I don't give a flying fuck no more. I'm not gonna learn anything. And he's deserved it, like I'm not gonna give myself any stress about that. Yeah. Um yeah, so it's it's a bit of a strange one. And then at least I mean Wilkinson, at least when he starts to analyze, um, was that the bit as well where at the end he started talking about building a platform of invincibility or something? Remember that bit? <laughs> And it was like, what what the fuck? You said, well, I actually need to build a platform of events. But what the fuck? Because it, when he gets quite technical with it with his with his analysis, he's pretty good, I think, Wilkinson. He does give that insight you're looking for, Will. The worrying thing is when he drifts off into those like management talk leadership streams of consciousness that he, <laughs> he sometimes goes on. It's a strange one. But I can almost forgive him a bit more. But Woodward's Woodward is just a total disgrace. And there's, there's a one part I think. At one point, he said, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, apparently there's this lad at Wasps called Barbarian. I think he plays back row. And it was like, what the fuck are you doing? And he's probably getting, what, a couple of grand for that, for to sit there, if not more, yeah. plus expenses. And he's not even pretending to know what he's on about anymore. It's it's embarrassing. And, yeah, it's like I, I pick on Johnny Wilkinson over the weekend, and he's the second best pundit on that lineup. <laughs> Wilkerson doesn't look like he wants to be there. He just looks bored the entire time he's there. It's like someone's forced him. He dresses in beige as well to make the point. Yeah. 
It's like Breaking Bad. He wears like different colours depending on his mood, you know. You know, like when the Rolling Stones wanted to break from their manager, they wrote a song called Cook Sucking Blues just because they knew that it could never be released. They were contractually obliged to produce one more single, so they did one called Cook Sucking Blues that they knew couldn't be released. That's essentially Johnny Wilkins just trying to bore his way out of his ITV contract. If I turn up enough times and I'm shit and I don't know the names of the players, they'll have to get rid of me. It's like, Johnny, do you fancy another Six Nations? Shit. <laughs> but Clive Woodward's doesn't he like you said well I think Johnny Wilson looks bored but Clive Woodward's just he's just like he's like the kind of pub bore isn't he that thinks he you know watched rugby in the 80s and still thinks that that's how it should be played and doesn't yeah. know any of the current players names the other thing like, me, like, talking... like, like me showing my son videos of Paul Gascoigne playing yeah <laughs> Him Which talking do, down on Eddie Jones as well and saying like, oh, here's what oh, Eddie he... can do to be a really good coach. It's like, no, Eddie is like an immeasurably better coach than you ever were, Clive, because the game has progressed so far. Like, but it's not even like he's, onto he's obviously not taking feedback or nobody's given him any. Because you remember last year when, uh, was it last year? Yeah. The year when Ori Lawrence wasn't picked for the, for the team. Yes. He's in the squad, but wasn't picked. And he said, oh, I was looking forward to seeing Ori Lawrence today because apparently he's quite good. It's like, what? You've not actually <laughs> yeah. watched this you know, you don't watch your promising England players. Play for... And obviously, so nobody's obviously saying to him, well, Clive, we need, next time you come in, you really need to kind of at least know who's in the squad and maybe their form. That'll be helpful. Yeah. But I don't think, I think this is the thing is I, I still don't think, I think the BBC are getting better at it, but I don't think ITV know what to do with rugby. No. And I don't know if it's indicative of their wider sport, the way that they cover sports in general. ITV. I don't watch a lot of their sports coverage, but if you look at, I think, was it Grav was saying the way that, um, from Rock and Roll was saying, the way that they'd done Rugby League, was it Channel 4? Channel where 4, had, yeah. Adam, Adam Hills was on there talking about Did a really stuff. good job of it. Yeah, bringing on different people. And it, you know, nobody's going to start watching Rugby Union because you get a comedian on to do a funny skit at the start, but it does... It does make it a bit more new and exciting rather than yeah. here's Sir Clive Woodward ruled out again. Here's yeah. Johnny Wilkinson, because people will know who the, that is. I, I never quite I never quite understand why they don't just buy it piecemeal off the production company that does BT or something. Yeah. BT's not perfect, but why why are you trying to reinvent yeah. this? They've kind of got it probably eighty percent of sorted, you know. Yeah. Rugby's just so generally bad at appealing to young people or uh, engaging people. And like, you know, like the RFU thinking that the best way to engage people is by talking about rugby values, which don't exist. It's, it's, it's rubbish. Like, uh, and them having people talk about what rugby used to be like in 2003 as the form of punditry that they're spreading to the nation. It's just, it's so boring. I say even Ugo Monia, I've got a lot of time for Ugo Monia, but oh, basically... You know, he's got a pair of perspex glasses, and not that's supposed to double as a personality. Do you know what I mean? It's not. <laughs> rugby is a bit better than that. I don't know. Yeah, I'll stick up for I appreciate the sense. He's on the good end of the scale. <laughs> but, but still, like, he's so rugby special as be. You know, it's so. It was just so dull, and it could be so much more. Because I actually think Ugo Monia, if he was in the right, I want to go back really to the Keith Wood iteration of rugby special when he hosted it for well, one season. Yeah. They've got the they've got this new version. It's supposed to be new and exciting, and they've they forced Ugo Monia to kind of Skype injured in the Calcutta Cup to promote it from his home. 
which could have been pre-recorded, but somehow they dialed him up on Skype to get him to talk about how great it was. And, and it apart took, from Xander it took Ferguson, him seven seconds to take his cue that he was on. Yeah. He just stood, stand still. <laughs> so, You're on. So what's going on? So what are then, Hugo? That's right, Gabby. <laughs> <laughs> but the, the only exciting thing that's happened on that is Xander Ferguson saying, tear the arse off it. <laughs> the rest of it's been... This is never not it, funny, is it? The analysis is fine, but it's just, you know, the, the graphics... The analysis is good. They've gone for the Sam Orbison and good. John Barkley. But if, um, like, so if John Barkley's what... very, very good. He's probably yeah. the best yeah. in the business right now. But if you look at what, you know, like BT Sport are doing, and even, I know people are down on Scrum 5, but when Scrum 5 used to do the show when they had the fake clubhouse and stuff, it, it felt like it had a bit of an atmosphere about it, and yeah. it felt a little bit different. And it, well, I actually mm. think there's something to be said, and, and BT Sport did this a bit with rugby tonight. It was a bit... Not ideal, but there is something about bringing fan culture into your coverage. Yeah, you know, and actually, at least that's what Scrum Five attempts to do, albeit sometimes a little bit clumsily. So, but yeah, I think there's I've got a lot of time for that because I do think you want to see you want to see the fan experience reflected in what's being said. It doesn't always have to be. I'm not saying all that analysis has to be incredibly detailed and, and serious and insightful. It just has to be interesting and at least borderline yeah. knowledgeable. You know. They yeah, used to do. Yeah. They used to do outside broadcasts at Six Nations from from rugby clubs. I mean, there's the, there's a famous one from after the 1990s Grand Slam. It was a Sunday after the Grand Slam, and um, it's Dougie Donnelly presented from some rugby club at Edinburgh, and three of the Grand Slam winning side turn up at the end and tip a load of beer out of the Calcutta Cup <laughs> over him at the end of the broadcast. But you've got all a the guys in the time. background. It's a simple time, Cammy. Yeah. <laughs> I once went on rugby tonight uh, with my club and got pinched in the arse while the camera was on Austin Healy. Uh, so you can see me straight faced and go, ooh, uh, in the background, which is pretty good. I was also on David Campisi on, he was a dick. I was on there as a journalist. Uh, oh, really? It was a fucking joke. Yeah, they, they had the Christmas <laughs> special. I had to cover the. You could tell how high they ranked me. They gave me. 90 seconds to talk about a couple of Challenge Cup games, which is how which is how hard they're at. It was a Christmas you know, special. Everything, do you know how highly I am ranked, Lee? I can beat that. I well, got bumped from BBC Radio Scotland this weekend because Aberdeen had sacked their manager. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, we're like, drop the dead donkey, but it was you. Yeah, She was very apologetic. But yeah, She said, I'd rather be doing the rugby, but Aberdeen have sacked their manager, and that's a bigger story than Scotland Ruse into Wales. <laughs> Is it really the sad fact? It shows the standing yes, of rugby in Scotland. Yes, yeah. yes. Um, sorry, went off on one there, but yeah, terrible. Um, Greg says, shit is Scotland's attack. Been saying it for two years now, but we don't look like we can break teams down at all. Yeah, I'll, I'll, wait a minute. Kill, kill your Jess, Cammy. I'll call you. I'll wind myself minute. up while you go. Going wide early works about twice a game, and we do well enough in a 22, but kicking and discipline are poor, and we almost nothing to trouble teams between 22s. Over to you, Cammy. Greg, that was like from a, an at Greg29467. I'm wondering if it's Greg Laidlaw. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> <laughs> but in which case, Greg, you've got a fucking cheek talking about speed in between the 22, <laughs> lad. Um, it's, the Scotland attack is fine. It's just execution and timing and knowing when to do it. And actually, the first kind of what couple of minutes where we were in Wales 22, Ali Price is really quick. And it's knowing when to go quick as well. I mean, you don't go quick outside. Most teams don't go that quick. Will know more than I do, but they kind of if you're less than three seconds in your own twenty-two, you, you get better luck. Outside your own twenty-two, it's about building phases. Yeah. So there's plenty of there's plenty of scope. It, it didn't come off this weekend because 
I think Finn Russell was playing in his head and the Welsh defence were just really good. And also, I think the problem with Duhan van der Merwe and Darcy Grayman, they both came off the wing a lot. They carry really well and they'll break tackles and they make really good yards. But the problem is when you've got five opposition players hanging off your back and then you go to ground, it's really hard for your support to clear those five bodies out of the way to retain the ball. I think that's probably something that Darcy and Duane are going to have to work on is just because you break tackles, you there is a time to go to ground rather than keeping going because it's not always going to come off. But it's not, you know, the Scotland attack to what it was two years ago is completely different. The Scottish defence to what it was two years ago is completely different. I had some guy, when I said, oh, Scotland just need, fans need to be patient, he was like, well, I've been patient for 20 years. I was like, you, you can't compare Scottish rugby 20 years ago to now. So we had four, five pro teams probably in 20 years ago before we disbanded them all and merged them all. I am, um, I, st- I still, I think Scotland are the best first phase attacking team in the tournament, probably. Agreed. Consistently, yeah. I think they've, they've got more going on from there. And actually, I the few flashes of that we saw on Saturday towards the end of the first half, I was a bit like, they're going to win this game because if they can just cut out some of the kind of errors a bit and Russell just calms down a bit, they'll just slowly start getting the this breakdown will get sorted. And then they'll let the first phase game, which is getting them in behind all time, and then they'll win this game. It didn't quite work out that way, but that's why going back to the discussion we had. I'm with you, Cammy. I wouldn't be that worried. It was just a few things not quite working that day. in terms yeah. of performances. I mean, and even that you look at when when Wales with the build up to Dan um, Bigger's drop goal, it's it came from the penalty that bounced off the post, and three or four Scotland players just were completely switched off and weren't even watching. And that's you know one oh one. You always watch for the penalty not making, especially at that distance. Did he come Finn back Russell off the crossbar, was... that? Was it a crossbar challenge job or was it the post? I can't remember. It was a post, I think. Was it? Yeah, I think yeah. it was the right post. What's your views on Scotland's attack, Will, having watched, you know, thousands of hours of video to cut it into a 10-minute video? Yeah, yeah. Um, I think that uh, Saturday wasn't a good representation of how good it can be. It was also interesting that they scored that try after 18 phases when... Um, uh, you can tell I've been working on this in the last couple of days. Uh, <laughs> I think that the majority of no spoilers, Robbie will be mad. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, I think I think this might actually come up in the video later this week. Um, but uh, yeah, basically the majority of their tries are scored in the first sort of three or four phases in the last sort of year or two. Um, so it was quite surprising to see that was the way that they eventually did break Wales down. And I think that's probably indicative of something not whatever whatever usually goes well not going well. That time around, that makes sense. But even that try, though, when you look at it, yeah, it was 18 phases, but there was a little bit of desperation, I think, with that pass to Darcy Green, because Darcy Green had a hell of a lot to do to get it over the line. Definitely. If that had been... I I don't think there's many other wingers would have made that. Hmm. Um, What else we got? Well, that's it from shit, unless you two have got any more. No. I think I covered no. the shit. Everybody else has covered the shits that I had. <laughs> what about good then, Cammy? Um, Glasgow Munster. It was nice to see Glasgow winning against Munster. Just throw that in just for Patricia's benefit. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't know. It's good to see Glasgow winning out 
side of, you know, during a Six Nation window, which I know we weren't supposed to get because the ERC was supposed to stop because of COVID. It's had to carry on, but it's normally the time that Glasgow would be getting pummeled by Munster. So it's nice to got a bit of depth. Uh, and Scotland Women's World Two, because I'm not on next week, but I'll just mention now Scotland Women have got their World Cup qualifier in two weeks in Dubai, which, of course, if you're holding, um, you know, Women's World Cup qualifiers, where better than the, uh, you know, the bastion of women's rights, Dubai, to uh, <laughs> to host it and showcase it. But uh, yeah, so they're either playing Colombia or Kazakhstan. I mean, I've said it before, but I'll say it again. Rugby really needs to stop going to basket case countries. <laughs> Hong Kong, Dubai. I think somebody asked I... me the question, why are they playing in Dubai? And I was like, money. Going back to our early discussion, the answer Mr. Krabs gives for everything. Yeah. Why are you building this extra shop? Money. Money. <laughs> I, I would like to imagine Jade Conkle's face when you told her she has to go to Dubai to play this match. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I'm not doing that. What about from you, Will? Any good from you? Um, one game we forgot to talk about again, like much like Cami uh, mirroring that uh, under on the weekend bit. And I'm sure that you'll both agree, having watched it, is Long Eaton under 15 scrum was excellent on the weekend, um, <laughs> really dominant uh, for the full 80 minutes, and that was a real, real highlight. Um, other than that, I mean, Greg Aldrich we've talked about. Tom Francis was unbelievable. Yes, not just because he scored a try though. Just yeah, tries to be unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah, 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 but do you know? Did you see who? Do you see he was trying to stop him score that try at the very end? No, Darcy fucking Graham. <laughs> if you're gonna, if you're gonna have someone behind your mall, like I know, like I know he's superhuman, but if yeah. you're gonna have someone parked behind the mall watching for a breakaway, don't stick the fucking shortest lad on the whole fucking. He did hold one up against it. England though, didn't he? Him and Ali oh, Price he did. between yeah. them. I mean, it worked last week. Two yeah, weeks ago, yeah. but. Luck's going to run out at some point. There's just a shot when Francis goes over of Darcy Graham's little face just kind of like <laughs> grinning away. Um, what else have we got good? What have we got good here? Ellis Davis gets in touch. He says, good is how furiously competent Nick Tompkins has been in the past two games for Wales. <laughs> just, just been getting on with it, not trying to do too much and actually tackling the opposition. Fair play to him. I, I love Nick Tompkins because I have no idea what he is. Like, Nick Tompkins, no matter how many times he plays well for Wales... English never tr- is what he is. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm sorry. No, I, that was a terrible joke. It's not what I believe. Okay. It, was, it was just... You just teed it up, so I had to knock it out of the park. So. Absolutely, yeah. No, no matter how many good games he has for Wales, I'll never quite trust him. Oh, no. He must be a fucking nightmare to play with. Yeah. Particularly in defence. He what was better yeah, yeah. this week. I don't think he was particularly competent the week before, Ellis. Oh, what, was, what, did, was there some mention was about his tackle? Island. Do you know what his tackle percentage was this week? Not a clue. No. 70%. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm sure it's competent that, levels. There was that, uh, he, did it, he did it in both the Ireland game and the Scotland game where he gets the ball and looks just lost and kind of runs sideways a couple of times before passing to Dan Bigger or Zamit or whoever. And it's just like, how have you not been nailed? Why have you not been? Somebody teach this man a lesson. Put him on his ass. I don't care he's on my team. He's, um, I think, Ellis, I think it's that grading on a curve thing with him, isn't it? It's all relative that actually if he, if he's only like 80% mad, you think, oh, he's, a, he's, he's batting down the hatches and playing a bit sensibly this week, isn't he? Because yeah, yeah. it is literally like, the 100 metres for people with no sense of direction, the gun goes off and he just fucking legs it in whatever direction he feels like it, doesn't he? Incredible stuff. 
I like Sione Tiupalotu was very good at the weekend for Scotland. Yeah. I like yes. him. I know a lot of people said that Townsend shouldn't have dropped Sam Johnson, but I didn't think that Scotland were any worse for, for him being in the team. I thought actually he offered yeah. a little bit more. He did bit he did more of a Sam Johnson job than Sam Johnson would have done. Yeah. As far as I and he ran some great dummy see. lines. He was offloading, yeah. which Sam Johnson doesn't do. He broke tackles. He's running so, out the no, back, I've... which I've not really seen him do before for yeah. at club level. Is it Cammy Redpath's shirt ultimately though? Do we think? Like, so he's only had one game. This is the thing, everyone loses their shit because we beat England and Cammy Redpath had a worldy and he, he's, I mean, he's played, in, in, I mean in terms of the I mean in terms of the kind of player. Ultimately, because Johnson and Tupelotti were a certain kind of player, and well, Red apparently, is a different kind of player, isn't he? There was a Glasgow Warriors, well, I think there were about 300 podcasts at Glasgow Warriors, but one of the podcasts, I think it was Ross Thompson, was saying that Tupelotti's kicking game is immense, but we just haven't right. seen it yet. Like, apparently, he's, he's kick throughs, he can, you know, absolutely nail them all the time. So, I just don't think he's been asked to do it yet. Right. So it'll be interesting against France as to who starts. Because I think Townsend obviously changed the team to play Wales. I don't think anybody was particularly dropped. He just had a game plan. So it'll be interesting now Cammy Redpath's fit who starts against France. But again, I suppose it comes back to it's not compared to where you've been at times oh, yeah. in Scotland. You know, having Turpolotu or Johnson or Redpath as your 12 options is well, yeah, it's not a bad better, place to be. It's it? better than having Nick Grigg at 13, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Although yeah. Nick Grigg did, did play against England in the 2018 Calcutta Cup when we won. So Nick Grigg has, Grigg has won, well. won Calcutta Cup, yeah. Uh, Bath Bite says is that we've already mentioned this, but good was Harry Ren- Harry Randall. Yes, we agree. I think Joe Taring, the VI- now new VIP Joe Taring says good is Gabon Villiers. I thought it might be an example of La Force d'Habitation à l'Oyer Moderne, but having seen where he's from, it's presumably more like beautiful Normandy town strength. I don't understand that, but I'm That's sure it works enough. on one level. He says sincere apologies to any actual spent French speakers of my ropey translation. Right, anyway. But yeah, um, yeah, he's, he's good fun, isn't he? Billy, yeah, yeah, inexplicably great in the breakdown as well. Yeah, none of it should work. No, <laughs> yeah. As I said, it's a bit. It's like the uh, submarine pitchers in baseball. Just, just look at it and go, none of this should work. How are you? Or a knuckleball pitcher? I mean, none of this. How are you, a professional sports person? throwing a ball like that. But yeah, it, uh, it somehow works. Morgan JW gets it, says, good as Lucanio Am try this past weekend. He outdid the Mac Hansen try because he caught the kick and also did a little grubber before gathering himself again and scoring. Pretty special try. It's yeah. like he has to keep reasserting the fact that nobody will believe that he's probably the best outside back <laughs> in the world. <laughs> or at least South Africans would have you believe that no one likes him. Yeah, that's yeah. true, isn't it? But I've literally said in my past 10 tweets, I think he's great. No, 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 he doesn't get the respect he deserves. <laughs> Watch Squidge, he'll tell you how good he is. <laughs> uh, Matthew Morgan gets in touch, says, good is Jack Morgan and the Welsh breakdown in general. Yes, quite yeah, turned around. I mean, Jack Morgan was good. 
I know everybody in Wales is very excited about Jack Morgan. He was see, I stay good off Welsh rugby Twitter after the game because this kind of mad shit happens. So I, I wasn't, I was under the impression he did all right for a day. Yeah, he did all right, yeah. and I think, but that was the kind of the build up to the game was this guy's going to completely turn things around, and I don't, you know, Wales were quicker to the breakdown. I don't think it was all Jack Morgan. In fact, he got pinged for being offside fair. for a kick as well. Yeah, that was that was a really harsh lesson for him. I mean, it wasn't a hard, harsh penalty. Like it was just like, oh, come on, Jack, you're playing internationally now. Yeah, feel you're not. You've not got URC refs anymore, Jack. Come on, yeah. no more vibes. Matthew Morgan says though that shit is is that I'm running permutations of how Wales could win the Six Nations after this victory through my head. <laughs> He said, I'm utterly delusional and a danger to myself, Matthew says. You Step said away it, from the permutations, Matthew. It's for the best. Francis, what I feel, says, good is Tyg Burns 50-22. What the actual fuck? Yes. yes. Not the fact that it was just a 50-22, the fact that it was a snap kick 50-22. <laughs> the ball just kind of bobbled to him and he went, oh, I know what to do. With and there it was, yeah. This, it's one of those beautiful things that every sort of two months you get reminded like what a massive left boot Ty Byrne has. And it's just as like, you get just as much serotonin from it every time he does it. Like, there's the one we did for the Lions. He's done it for Munster and the Scarlets. Like, it's anytime, anytime, a, you know, anytime a forward kicks or a fairy comes alive. Yes. <laughs> it's like a the hand, you know. as, a, as Tom <laughs> off three Red Kings calls yes. it, yeah. But at the, the um, funny twenty two, he called it this weekend. <laughs> the, um, however, they lost the next line out, of course, didn't they? Yeah. they That's they, they, they lost. <laughs> Lads, honestly, I can't do this all on my own. Um, Maybe yeah, they should have this... thrown Joey Carberry up in the line out. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That that's that'll teach Eddie Jones a thing or two, won't it? About hybrid players. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Stu Clark says, "Good is Darcy Graham's ability to go through people much bigger than him." Yes, it never yeah. never stops being fun, does it? Tonos Dober makes a point. He says, "Good is Max Malins. He was very good in creating the Godchild Smith's first try, and he was graciously remained quiet while we genuflect over the other guy." Yes, said something similar before. Tom, I agree. Also, good is Aldreet. He says, "Yes, the good-natured yeah. battering ram from Condom, France." Yes, <laughs> he is. He, he doesn't look like he should be massive and terrifying, Aldrich, does he? He just looks like a certainly slightly handsome and unassuming man. <laughs> and then just, he's an absolute fucking monster. He is. He's unbelievable. Any final goods? This won't go on for two and a half hours, I said, before we started. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, that's it from me. So you blame Cammy if it does go on. Yeah, no, I think I'm. I think I'm all. I, I I was struggling for goods this week. I had to stretch for one to. <laughs> it's something that's happening in two weeks' time. To, to I have to say, game. I did have to filter out an unbelievable number of Scottish people just saying Scotland was shit or variations of that. They so, really, uh, really fucking like. I will. I cannot recommend. I think it was more enough. the feeling of it. I think. I think people. It's more the disappointment that people are expressing than th- the actual I think, reality I think, of the performance. You, I think people have very short memories and. If you look, I would much rather, and in a way it's more heartbreaking, I'd rather Scotland were competitive and we were losing games by three points than we won every fifth game by three points and lost all the other by 20. Because mm. it's just, yeah, it, it's just shit. I think everyone forgets how shit... <laughs> you remember Scottish when that be. happened every year. Yes. Every fucking year. And it's you know you know Italy won't be targeting us this year because you know 
we're as good as everybody else. So they have to, you know, whereas every year it was like, oh, everybody's fucking hammering us. Plus Italy are gunning for us because we're the only team they reckon they can beat every year. And lest we forget, you've mentioned it, Cammy, but you could still win this thing. You've won one. We could. You've got a losing bonus, bonus point. point. You've got yep. France coming to Murrayfield. Yep. You know, I mean, you've got to go to Dublin. We'll just skate over that. But it's, but you know, I'd, you know, we could be in a position going to the last weekend where, you know, we might be in with it where there's a chance, and I'll take that. Do you know what I mean? Because I've got plenty of other last weekends being utterly fucked off with the whole thing. Oh, it's, what yeah. was that? What was that? Was it the Ireland game? You had one job that year. Just don't be shit, and you lost by about three hundred points to Ireland. It's pretty much every game that we've ever played against <laughs> Ireland in Dublin. There was two years ago in Dublin was where Stuart Hobbs dropped the ball over the line and we possibly yeah. could. That was quite tight. Uh, yeah. The year before, I think, was the one where it was just don't be shit and we just got intercepted every... That was like, I think it was like Blair Kingon's debut. Which got who won the, who won the tournament that year? Because basically Scotland had to not lose by more than 25 points or something. And we lost by more than 25 <laughs> points, yeah. Yeah. That'll be the twenty. So twenty. We play them in twenty. So twenty-two now. So 20, 20, 2018? Who won twenty eighteen? Oh, um, I can't remember anything before March. I think I won. I think I think that was the one where there was the crazy game where England could have scored in the last play to. That's right. Win yeah. the tournament yeah, yeah. and yeah, Ireland yeah. won it instead. Yeah. But you know we haven't got Duncan. You know Duncan Weir isn't Scotland got penalised. <laughs> yeah. To be fair, that, that that's a very Scottish thing to do. Yeah, so Scotland got binned by eight thousand points just to spite England out of the championship. Yeah. Yes, right. But, yeah, we're calling it. I'm calling it now. Right. Thank you very much, you two. Another epic one, but a very enjoyable epic. Uh, well, it's an epic one if you're a patron because that you're looking at that we did a full hour on the Six Nations games. If you're not a patron, you won't hear any of that. So you get a nice <laughs> snappy and pithy podcast, if not. All right, then. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, Will. Thanks, Cammy. Speak to you uh, Thank you for having me on. Enjoy Cheers. Bye. Sports Social Podcast Network. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. <laughs> 